Play me a song. Mm. Strum it for us. Nothing like the sound of flicked strings. Mm. Am I right? Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast, everybody. We're glad you're here. I hope you're having a great day. And wow, guys, what's going on over there in the studio? I mean, <laughs> sorry, we have a sound Jake, leak. You came on so hard, my Bluetooth headphones disconnected. Oh man, ah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Tooth. Nico's been disconnected. Uh, he'll be back soon. But also alongside Nico, we have Jordan Allen Howdy. and Nick Laurent. Everybody. Hey. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, doing, doing real well. well. Vibes are high. Vibes are high. Good. <laughs> Vibes are high like you guys have been smoking the reefer, or they're high like spirits are high? Spirits are high. Yeah, spirits are very high. Yeah, dude. Mm. I think in general, just uh, there's a lot going on. Working on some fun projects. Mm-hmm. Got Batgirl. Oh my gosh. Do you do you feel the like relief of having Son of a Dungeon now nearly completed and Punch for Punch as well being done? Yes. I, I feel that. I feel no, that. A- a- absolutely. Because Son of a Dungeon is such a humongous undertaking mm-hmm. for everybody, really. And it's a multi, so multi me. month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as me. I look directly at the one person, it's not <laughs> for everyone. Uh, the yeah, one it's... guy who doesn't touch the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a huge, huge undertaking. And like now that we're in the visual effects side of things, Nuke certainly helped us expedite a lot of the process, which is great. <clears throat> But still, it's like it's a slog because we're talking what? There's nine hour episodes. Yeah, dude. and we so, we still like, have to do lot. effects yeah. for seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, and you're talking totally like, you know right now. We yeah. don't even have drafts for VFX for after episode six yet. Legit, yeah. And you're talking about like fifty shots, roughly like you know thirty to fifty VFX shots per episode, and they're all you know ten seconds or more of green screen photography and CG elements and effect. Like it stacks up. It stacks up, but it's yeah, we're we're moving quick. Up. We're moving quick. Yeah. Uh, no, you guys are moving guys, quick. I need to and my uh, headphone batteries are dead. Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Right. Well, Nico, why don't you, why don't you, you run and go Nico get a now. different pair of bone phones? And then uh go buy some new bones, Nico. And once you're in the like, podcast, I'm sure there's something. You got old phone bones. Yeah, I man. So we put together a little effects team. Of course, Jordan, in addition to you, Fenner, uh, and then also uh, this girl, Caitlin, and this guy, yep. Martin, out of Canada. They've been awesome, and wow. you guys have been doing everything in Nuke. Yeah. Um, which is new for you. It is. It's it's brand new, and this has really been awesome because it's essentially like a training ground, right? I have this theory that anytime you jump into a new software, as much as you can watch tutorials and enjoy that, you will never get significantly better without reps you need 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 reps and this has been cool because it's been an astronomical amount of reps you know it's like i want to start working on biceps and you just do curls every day all day for months like you're gonna get pretty jacked biceps and they're you just have the (laughs) biceps we've all seen that photo of the guy with like the The oil arms yeah Yeah. you're like look uh, i don't i don't know how to do anything (laughs) except for this one comp but man am i good at that one comp yeah dude and having fenner there obviously is insanely helpful because he's expediting my learning process dramatically, right? There's all these little tricks that he does yeah. that I've never thought of doing and they're all genius. So you stick mm-hmm. them all together and you can get something really, really good looking uh, really quick. Um, and so yeah. that's cool because that now applies to other comp work that I do here. 
um, like, you it's know, the, the trailer discipline. work that we do, the rated R work that we do, the render uh, challenges that we do. So it's been great I for me. Telling, personally. I was telling a guy this at the gas station. It's the discipline. This guy, I, I was at the gas station. Is this just true? Like, oh, <laughs> just had a yeah. conversation. Work no, dude, conversation. I have, I, I, have, I have conversations at the gas station yeah. now. Anyway, I was there. This guy was, you know, he's the only one working. He's working on the refrigerator. Like he's in the back, mm. futzing around with it, trying to fix it or whatever. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh, just some manual labor. And I was like, oh, there's, there's plenty of that to go around. And then he, then we started talking about work. And then he was like, yeah, man, I'm just gonna. I, I I told my I told my wife as soon as we move into the new house, I'm every day that I'm off, I'm gonna be back in the back house just streaming because I'm gonna get my Twitch game going. And I was like, dude, you should. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The difference, the thing that separates the men from the boys, it's the discipline. And yeah. he was like, oh, all right, all right, I got you. <laughs> and then and then we parted ways. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You just imparted, you just injected advice. that discipline right into him. Yeah. Well done. Well, you know, it's it's the enthusiasm only gets you so far, right? Like it's very, you very can, true. You that can go into a fast. new idea. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. 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 And it's it's when you hit that grind zone, right? There's like a a point in at least in my experience in every software that I've, especially Houdini, that I've tried to tackle where your desire to do it just wanes completely. Like you feel yeah. helpless and useless and. You at a certain point, yeah. To to your point, you have to switch the the knob from, you know, en- encouraged and eager to do it to just I'm gonna do it no matter what, even if I don't feel like it. I'm gonna put at least five minutes in and try to get a rhythm, and you do mm-hmm. that until it breaks again, and you will have a break again. It will happen. It always yeah. happens. Um, but yeah, that you're totally right. That's what separates you know the experts from the people who just yeah. get their feet wet and then go back inside. I mean, that's what I've been toes. doing with the um, with with the pl- with the website and the platform in general. I mean, I know I'm not the one that's actually doing the coding and the developing, but it's also been for me. It's been just okay. We we had this idea four years ago, five years ago. We had this idea. What if we made our own platform? And it's just been a little bit of that every day, you know. And there's the days you don't want to, but then the days that you the days that you do something new and you get like the new tool and you can, and then you have all these parts come together and, oh man, those are the days mm. that, that, that I'm living for, for sure. What, what's your exposure to that side of it? Cause I, I don't know too uh, much about like the back end of the website. Quite a bit. I mean, Scott and I catch up at least once a week, sometimes twice. Um, and it's just been a process of, I mean, I, he's, his team has grown so much, but I remember when it was just him and me, and we're sitting there staring at Figma wireframes, just going, okay, homepage. Yeah. Homepage. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, same thing with app, same thing with iOS, same thing with Android, like just doing that. And then eventually, you know, we were able to bring on some other people, get some other people's input, get get people that are more talented than us and just slowly. And now we're so we're so close to these new features that I've been so excited to to introduce that I, I'm I'm like, ah, I just, mm-hmm. it's like a couple more days, you know, but it's like, it was a couple more days, a couple of days ago, yeah, you know? And so I'm just, I'm right at, I'm right at the threshold of, of that, you know, the satisfaction of having that complete, but not there yet. So yeah, another few days. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. One chop at a time. Yeah. That's the way to do exactly. it. Exactly. I think it was, uh, I might be botching this, but I think it was Kobe Bryant who said mm. he was in, in an interview 
And he said something about, you know, normally people wake up at this hour and they go to the gym at this hour and they put in this many hours a day into basketball. And he's like, but I aim to wake up earlier. I think it was like two hours earlier or something. And he's like, every day that I'm doing that, I'm two hours better off than I, than my opponent. And he says, after yeah. years and years and years, you're talking about thousands and thousands of hours built in that the opponents don't have. Yeah. And yeah, you just put yeah. in a little bit a day and it adds up so quick. You know, mm -hmm. that's the difference. Same thing. Yeah. That's it's like difference. reading. You know? Yeah, reading. You just gotta You read? <laughs> no, see, most people Words. hate reading. Most people don't yeah. like reading, but I just make sure I just make sure I get in those reps every week, man. Oh, yeah, you know, dude. it's but like you're reading history. You're reading yeah, some mostly. really interesting stuff. Cause I just started Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Welcome uh, to yes. history. Yes. I, King yes, of Kings dude, series. I've, yeah. I wish I could be in your shoes right now oh, and just I, experience I it for the King first time. You couldn't get into King. Oh, no. But, I just kind of waffled around for like five hours. This is what I told Nick. This is what I told <laughs> Nick. All, How other dare stuff's you, Nico? How dare what, you? This one about Xerxes, King of Kings? Yes, King, the yeah, Xerxes didn't, like, one. didn't go anywhere for like too long. Because I told Nick, this is the first, my first exposure to this series. Yeah, don't do so. And don't I, start I told Kings. Nick, I was like, I I, like, it's exciting information. But I don't see the through line. Like, I, there's so much in my okay. episode okay. two. It's just called King, like the whole history of the King of Kings Empire. Like, is the you know, worst that's the through line. Dan Carlin <laughs> podcast I've listened to of his. Well, that's exciting because <laughs> I am quite enjoying it. It is a bit, yeah, all over the place. And I, I'm in and out. I think bit, it's just because we have no context of Eastern history. And look, we're totally Western start with World War I. Start with World War I. Start with World War I. Listen to his that World War one I is, podcast. That is far and away the best free one. Yes. It's a great one to start one with. Uh, also, the. Celtic Holocaust. Celtic Holocaust. Holocaust. Is, Ooh, is maybe I'll just switch. Yeah, you switch. Is that okay? Um, yeah, that's what I did. If, but if you, if you is like, this isn't going anywhere. Really? If you, yeah, okay. if you I mean, start it's hours with, uh, of your life, so. Yeah. If you start with the Celtic Holocaust and then and then buy the uh, fall of the Roman Republic, Ooh. that one ties it all together and you understand. Mm. Now you understand like Caesar's mm. purpose in history. Interesting. And, I would wager and, and, and switch them around though. <laughs> oh, you you think switch them around? Well, then you have it well, in order, you know. Oh, switch them around. Yeah, you have it in order. It's it's a good primer though. I I listened to it before I did the, the Roman Republic because I knew what it was leading to, and that oh, well, made I guess me more actually, interested. Yeah, I guess you could start with the Holocaust one. Either one. Yeah, I guess they do kind of like overlap a lot. So yeah. the battle disregard yeah, that. Disregard it. So sick, by the way. The what? The final battle oh, of Celtic yeah. Holocaust. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so like cool. an episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> the is, final battle, is. man. It's true of like, dude, it, but it was dude, real. It's like ten thousand soldiers fighting, like I don't know however many, like a hundred thousand Celts. One of my life goals is to commit that battle to film. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's, that's one thing that Dan goal. was saying. I about, admire that, and we're getting closer every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're so the technology right. to do that. Like, You're yeah. so studio. right. Is that yeah. a segue? Oh, <laughs> did you just say? I think that is a segue. My goal is just to type that as a prompt. <laughs> natural uh, segue nico all right so hey this is probably what the uh, podcast is actually gonna be about here in the title so hey guess what you made it to that part of the podcast um so we like got part. stable diffusion up and running in the studio you're like what stable what <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> that was so, me that was me like three days ago yeah me too going so, what are you talking like, about remember like uh three weeks ago four weeks ago when we're like dolly 2 is amazing and it totally changes the game and can you guys imagine what it's going to be like in a couple of years when people can just run prompts uncensored whatatever they want they can just generate any yeah. image they want and the cat's out of the bag because dolly 2 is very locked down no politics no violence no nudity no nothing right yeah. 
None of the good stuff. So a solid like three weeks <laughs> passed, and here we are. <laughs> We've achieved that other yeah. extent now. There's an AI that, in my opinion, makes better images than Dolly 2. Wow. Completely open source. You can download and run on any computer, on any computer, assuming you have the hardware capable of it. And it's also uncensored. So you can rent, you can just make whatever you want. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, so that, that uh, brave new world that we were like talking about. Uh, turns out we're already there, and it's a little frightening how fast we went from Dolly Two to Dolly Two being old news. Honestly, you, you <laughs> and I, yeah, Nico and I were having a conversation earlier today, and I was talking about nerfs and nerf technology, and you know, Ren's been diving into that stuff, and how fast that has gone from just being on your computer via like Python only to within a couple weeks. Can you explain that quick for people who think you're talking about Nerf guns? Oh, yeah, yeah, fair, fair. So, yeah, ner- <laughs> Nerfs, I don't know too much about them. Neural something radio. Oh, sorry, neural, you neural, guys don't know yet? Oh, yeah, okay. neural <laughs> radiance. Come on, guys, it's been three weeks. Uh, ner- neural radiance fields, I, I could be wrong about a lot of what I'm about to say, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works. It's essentially like a photo scan, but it doesn't bake in the light data. And it's not actually creating an, an object as we traditionally understand them in 3D. It's creating like a fog volume almost. It's perspectives, it, really. It's perspectives. Yeah. You so nothing can ten perspectives of something and go, all right, give me redraw it, but redraw a perspective between this one and this one. And yeah, because like, it's I like think it looks like this. It's like live iterations from AI of uh, like understanding what the object was based on your collection of images. So it's, it's almost like perspective deep fakes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Perspective deep fakes. And it doesn't bake in the lighting, which is of course the biggest issue with, you know, uh photos photo scans is like the the baked in lighting and the reflection issues and stuff yeah, you like can't that. photo scan yeah. glass you can't photo scan mirrors you can't photo scan reflective chrome balls or anything like that but yeah if you look up nerfs n-e-r-f it'll blow your mind it blew absolutely blew my mind and the fact that they were you know he was on the computer doing some really cool stuff he showed up the week or two after with it on his phone and he's like oh yeah this just came out and like the the speed that this ai stuff is moving blows my mind because ju- when i just wrap my head around what it is it's already like three generations deeper yeah. in terms of what it can do. So like stable, fu- stable, stable diffusion. I call stable it stable diffusion. diff to be cool. Stable stay diff. Right. So just a little back on the name. Uh, so Stability AI is kind of the company that led the charge here on this release of this image generator. So it's based on something called latent diffusion. So imagine, so when you're training machine learning, when you're training AI. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A throwback. A, to the Holocaust reference, bro. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, you just had like one. You to... had one hair like on your beard, like going down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. So when you're training, I mean, we use the AI very loosely. The specific stuff we're talking about here is machine learning, because AI can be anything really. Machine learning is special in that you're going to give the computer something like a piece of data. It's going to run it through a black box of just basically a random web of connections that just change that number to a different number based on which neurons, which connections it goes through. It's going to spit it out. That's all that's really happening under the hood. It's like a statistical model, right? And the thing is, you want it to alter those numbers in a certain way. And you're not going to go in and affect what's in that black box. You're just going to tell that computer to like, you're going to say, hey, here's my ideal uh, solution. Like, here's the answer to the question. What's your answer to the question? And then if it does a good job, you're like, good job, black box. Keep being more like that. Or if it does a bad job, you're like, bad job, black box. You need to change what's going on inside of there. And so in other words, the computer just constantly rolls the dice until it gets better at figuring something out. Kind of like actual real life evolution. Also kind of like how our brains work in a certain way. Crazy. Um, So as long as you have what they call the ground truth, like your answer, so to speak, 
the computer can compare what it spat out to what it should have given you and it can make a judgment call am i doing a good job should i keep improving in that direction or am i doing a bad job do i need to basically pair those parts off you know it's it's natural selection the stuff that survives longer gets to reproduce more the stuff that survives less or whatever doesn't get to reproduce as much and so it gets pared down so there's all these different ways you can have computers figure things out. You know, you can do recognizing handwriting. You can do recognizing speech, things like that. And in this case, they went, all right, let's take an image. Let's put some noise on the image and let's have the computer denoise the image. Let's just take the image, put grab literally just pure mathematical random noise like you get on your TV uh, if you have an old TV and just, you know, literally opacity 10% stick it on top. Um and there's actually a bunch of denoising AI algorithms. Um, and so it goes, okay, and I'm going to try to denoise it. And it tries to remove the noise. And then you have like, well, I have my image before I applied the noise. How well did you do, computer? Did you get pretty good? Did you get it? Or did you kind of mess it up? And of course, with practice, the computer gets really good at pulling noise back out of an image and giving you an image that looks as close to identical as the original that you gave it. So, sorry, what what is it understanding about, like, if it's a bad black box, <laughs> how does it know what to change in the next iteration is it just randomly trying it's randomly things? just literally randomly changes neurons inside the black box now i'm way oversimplifying but yeah, it is yeah. just randomly changing stuff and it goes did my random changes give me a better or worse result and you're like and so you measure it's like well now that i look at your noise removal you actually did a slightly better result it's slightly better so whatever you did there keep that now as your baseline roll the dice again and give me 500 variations and that's it's what like, you mean about natural selection yep like, yep oh, and then it goes cool. ahead and wow. takes the best one again and then just gives a bunch of variations takes the best one again and just keeps doing that until you end up with an algorithm that you didn't have to code you just said here's my problem here's a solution you figure out how to get from a to b and the computer's doing that mm -hmm. which is great so rather than you have to having to go and like type the math to do noise removal the ai is just making its own code so to speak but it also means that you can't actually see what's going on in that black box. It's like, it's just a mess of wires, right? It's like trying to figure out what's going on in our heads. Anyways, so you have this noise removal, right? So cool. It works on 10% noise. Take your noise and make it 20%. Now remove the noise. Okay, great. Take the noise, make it 30%. Now remove the noise. And so they kept doing this. And the AI is like getting better and better and better at removing the noise and giving you an image that matches the original. And then they went, all right, here's an image that's 100% noise. Remove it. And the computer's like, um... Okay. And there is no image. There was no image to start out with. It's just noise. So when the computer denoises it, it invents a picture mm. because it's guessing what was under all that noise, but it's just pure mathematical yeah. noise. So you just end up with a picture and it's like, you know, it looks like a real picture and you're like, wow, that's great. And so they took that and they combined that with clip, which we've talked about before, which is the, uh, it basically it takes text and it judges on a scale of like zero to one. So you can have like a 0.5 or 0.4 or 0.378, whatever. It judges how well does the text match the image. So they took this model, which can generate pictures from noise, and they took this other model, which can judge if a picture matches text, and they mushed the two together, and now you have something called stable diffusion. Dolly 2 actually works very, very, very similarly. It's also a diffusion model, aka it does the whole start with noise and pull it out to an image. Um, it's just a lot of what informs these projects is the models they have. So they trained Stable Diffusion on 5 billion labeled pictures. There's a data set. You can download it. It's free mm -hmm. to download. You can go online. You can download this data set of 5 billion images, all <laughs> five, with labels. How many megabytes? Billion how many terabytes would you need to hold all that? 50. 50 terabytes. Terabytes. Yeah. Wow. They're all formatted to 512 by 512. 
and they include mm. basically there's a spreadsheet that includes like the image includes the text that was accompanying the image includes the url where it came from oh my gosh and that's it it's just five a billion bit. urls five yeah billion five billion urls that's five billion <laughs> images with text and you can download it <laughs> and seeing how small a 512 by 512 image is to think of 50 terabytes of it is just so yeah, overwhelming a billion is a lot that's a big number we should do a video where we just anything. scroll through the whole folder <laughs> and it takes us like a year i want to know everything that's in my data set yeah i, I have five billion pictures here let's pick one <laughs> let's bring in an let's bring in an intern and have him go to every url where the image was pulled before he can start work, he or she oh, can man. start work on a project. Oh yeah. man, that can be our like haze prank for. Our like, hey, I actually we we misnumbered all these files. Could you go through? There's one take in particular we're looking for. There's yeah, just seven, go ahead and find that for us. They're like, 75 years old by the time they actually get to finishing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. So why why five Thanks. billion and not? I mean, as crazy as it sounds, why not more? Why? Well, I think. Hmm. More is definitely a possibility. I think it's just a matter of building the data sets take, takes time because mm-hmm. you have to verify it. You have to go through and be like, okay, I hope this looks good. And you actually just have a lot of AI tools for doing all the verification and judging if the, you know, was the text a good fit, which is actually what they did for that data set is use Clip to judge if the text was uh, fitting appropriately uh, for those images. So it's been like a scrubbed, analyzed data set and cleaned up. But, you know, this all just takes time. So that's why mm-hmm. it's not 10 billion. That's why it's not 20 billion. It's, gotcha. But you would you know, get better results if you had more or is there Assume not necessarily direct correlation garbage in garbage out right so ah, uh, fair okay if you can have 100 you can have 100 pictures and get good results theoretically if it's good data that matches what you're trying to do That's um fair. so in this case you know they got five billion images but what you kind of end up with it's almost like google image search except if you had somebody vaguely have to remember the picture then draw it for you so mm. you know if you go on google image search and you type a cat wearing a hat you'll get real pictures of cats wearing hats you go into stability diffusion, you type a cat wearing hat photograph. It's going to basically look at, think about its training. It's going to look at the model that I was trained on and be like, Oh, what did cats look like again? What do hats look like again? Do I have any, do I remember any cats wearing hats? Okay. I think it looks like this. It's just, just going to basically give you a blend of mm. it, that, that knowledge as an, as an image. Um, and once again, I'm super over, oversimplifying. Um, but in other words, it can't really invent things. It's never seen before. It can only like, mash up things uh-huh. you know uh you might be able to say something that hasn't ever been imagined for it's a mashup of things and you'll get something and you will see images that are striking and beautiful that you've never seen before but you couldn't be like you know the next famous marvel superhero and like it'll give you stuff that's kind of based on its knowledge of marvel superheroes but it won't just give you a cohesive well thought out brand new idea mm-hmm. right it's going to be a mashup it's going to be a collage of all the other stuff it learns which begs the question a little bit like as we enter a future here where AI can generate all this stuff and everybody starts just using AI for this stuff, what are they going to train AIs on? Like if no one's taking pictures anymore, if no one's making drawings, if no one's writing scripts, what are they going to use to train the AI to write scripts and to draw pictures? Okay. I've thought about this, not this particular question, but the idea of AI as like, in a way we're trying to recreate the human mind, but just that can work millions of times faster. Mm -hmm. Which is our natural desire. It's like a weird thing yeah. to want to recreate our abilities inside a computer that can move faster. And technically, if that was our design, wouldn't that then have this inherent bias to want to create something faster? Yeah. That would then have the same, and it would like iteratively and exponentially get faster and faster and faster to where, you know, when the thing finally pops up on our end, it's like, 
mm-hmm. you know, millions of years worth of research so in a second. The threat isn't the AI that we create, it's the AAI that the AI creates. It's, yeah. And the AAI is what I'm really worried about. Uh, yeah. Dude. We can be real for a second. <laughs> the last words of human yeah. civilization. There's always the immediate desire to go to the fear mongering side of this. But if you it's look so at human fun. history, we've we've already been doing this for thousands and yeah. our whole history. Yeah, totally. like yeah. Airplanes. Airplanes. Perfect example. We looked up in the sky. We saw birds. We were like, how do those fly? And we said, well, let's just make something that kind of looks like it and maybe Mm -hmm. that'll work. And then after a bunch of different iterations of that, we figured it out. We we do that with all kinds of things. A camera lens. We looked at the human eye and, and we said, oh, well, what is, what is in the lens? What is in our eyes that allows us to capture light and Mm -hmm. different environments and see and we invented all the different parts of a lens mm. to to represent that. Yep. Now a it's the brain, function. the last frontier. And now it's mm. the brain, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. But yeah, I mean, uh, kind of to go back, how fast these things are moving is what's blowing my mind. It's, it's, it's way, way faster. Way faster than I thought it was. So fast. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all, the reality is, logically, it's only going to get faster. It's not going to slow down mm. or plateau. Until we're all dead. Until we're all gone. <laughs> yeah, go back to the fear mongering. Put it on my hey, gravestone. Got a fear monger, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's my, my, it's a my great place t- in this conversation. Yeah. So remember how we were talking about things moving really fast and all of us being freaked out? I'll show you something. Not just yet. I wait, I'll wait for the right person part of the conversation. That's just me like it's gonna be like, oh god dang it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something else just came out that's better than oh, stable yeah, diffusion. It's on its way. <laughs> oh seriously, that's what you're gonna say? That's right. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Here. What watch is this it? video. Alright, I'll just explain what's happening here. A tennis court. It's a man playing tennis. Mm. And then they type in different words. A tennis court on a sandy beach. <gasps> and now the ground is sand and everything is completely normal. Wait, no, it's on the moon, and now the man is running around on the moon. What? And it's hey, this is the question crazy. I asked this morning, Nico. I said, when is this going to be 3D? Oh, my. We're just skipping the. Th- uh, they actually have 3D coming too in a few months. Guys, I really like my job here. Please don't get rid of me. <laughs> Dude, it has That's a shadow crazy. and everything. Yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, so we're all going to be out of a job. Well, no, that I take it amazing. back. So here's it's the thing. Fear-mongering now. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm watching this Light and Magic documentary. Uh, it's about ILM. It's on Disney. It's awesome. It's incredible. I, it's like, I feel like this documentary was made for me. It's all my heroes. Yeah. It's like clearly made by, I mean, it's made by Lawrence Kasdan and like Ron Howard and stuff. It's like these guys are, it's a labor of love, right? You can tell. I, I have a feeling like no one's actually watching this series on Disney Plus. Like, I mean, compared to like, you know frozen i'm sure frozen <laughs> one day frozen now probably gets played more than the lifetime of how many so times this documentary will get played but it's a super important piece of cinematic history it inspired a bunch of these directors so they just poured passion into this and it's an amazing documentary but it gets to the point where um they're doing jurassic park and it's talking about how the model shop is just they are on the top of their game uh phil Tippett is like the world master of stop motion mm-hmm. nobody else is as good at this stuff and then a couple of guys are like, yo, we should do these dinosaurs in the computer. And everybody's like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, no, seriously, let, just let, we're going to do it. And so they, like, they spend four months behind closed doors and they come out and they have this one shot of a T-Rex walking down a field and everybody's just like, oh my God, this is incredible. And everybody in the model shop is like, 
Mm-hmm. Oh crap! There goes our industry. Yeah. yeah, and and I can't remember who was saying it, but like one of the the managers at ILM was talking to people in the model shop. And they're like, they're like, how do you feel? And I was like, extinct. And he's oh. like, yeah, you guys probably have about two years. <laughs> and sure enough, like in about two years, most of the model shop was gone, and everybody was doing CG. And a lot of people in the model shop trained to do CG, right? Uh, and made the jump over, but not everybody did. But I feel like we are at that point right now for art and entertainment where, you know, we had this era that was film and models and paintings and then computers came out and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can scan it into the computer. I can do everything. I can do nonlinear editing in the computer. I can do image manipulation in the computer. I can do 3D models, light simulation, physics simulations in the computer. And now I can generate all the pictures I want. But let's be real. It's a pain in the ass to do this. It sucks. It takes so long to generate images that you could otherwise, if you had the money, you'd go out and just film it instantly in real life, right? The ideal of visual effects isn't to use Blender. The ideal of visual effects is just to type a few words and get your picture finished, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to sit in Blender for five days making a building fall over. I would ideally just type a building falls over and then get a perfect rendered image of it. And then if I need to tweak something, I just tweak what I write, right? Yeah. Or whatever. However, I interface with it. Ideally, it's at literally the speed of my consciousness. Yeah. That is the ideal. Um, and we are hitting a point right now where this whole world of like computer, like image manipulation and bitmaps and vectors and polygons, like it's not going to go away instantly or anything like that. But there's a new technology coming out that's kind of like poking its head around the same way that T-Rex is poking its head around the stop motion animation versus computer animation was happening back in Jurassic Park. And it's a little scary. It's a little crazy. I really don't think people understand how big this is and like just how much it's going to change everything. Not necessarily in the worst. And it's not going to change everything, but it's going to change a lot for a lot of very specific people. Yeah. So. And it's it's kind of how it spreads through the industry, too. It's like, yeah, the generating images is one thing. But I imagine in order to, for example, generate a photorealistic building collapse, mm-hmm. you know, with smoke kick up and debris, and with like directionable. Yeah. With yeah. Dire- like, yeah, to, to actually be able to dial in a specific look. I I don't even know how far away we'd be, whether it be like around the corner or miles away. But you were saying there was something around the corner that can make 3d models yeah so this diffusion model can be applied to other things than just pictures you can generate other stuff with it yeah supposedly they're going to do 3d models very shortly here but here's the thing it's like i've always found this idea of like oh the director gets to make the call and they want you know we got we got to build our software here just so you know in case the director doesn't like the way the brick falls so we can change that and i've always thought like what a masturbatory like screw you director who the, who cares where the brick freaking falls like <laughs> Like, if you did an actual model and you blew it up, you get what you get. Like, F you. Get out yeah. of here. Like, you are not making a better movie by being like, well, that dust cloud in the back. Let's actually make it, like, uh, five dust clouds that spike up different. Like, who cares? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. And I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen with AI a little bit here. It's like, oh, well, the director can't, pay, you know, they can't say that they actually want this car in the background to be blue instead of red. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just generate my cars on my cool like city street thing that I'm rendering. And yeah, if the car's not perfect or, you know, if it's, if it's a Chevy in the background instead of a Ford, who cares? I'm going to go ahead and do my next scene while you guys sit there modeling in 3d for the next five months. You yeah. know, it's like, and I'm going to get my next scene after that. I'm going to do my next scene after that because the story matters at the end of the day, the story always matters. No one gives a crap about anything else. I yeah. just want to see the story. You could literally, what if this, what if the story's about a Chevy though, Nico? Mm. Does that I'm, really that's matter? A, that's well, a joke. I'm, kid, well, I'm no, kidding. Well, no, if, if the story joke. was written by AI, 
then naturally AI would be able to create the visual <laughs> effects for it. Well, I think, I mean, Jake, you do bring up like that is the crux of it. Obviously, you do need a certain amount of being able to direct it, right? It's just the hyper detailed direction yes. that you hear a lot of visual effects artists talk about. Yeah. I've always felt like that's taking things a little too far. Well, that's the script. Yeah. You just need an AI that can deal with the biggest prompt of them all. Yeah. Which is a film script. The film script. Yeah. And all it is is a prompt. I write prompts. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, dude. You know, we, we're joking about this right now, but that's going to be it. Yeah. We're going to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, so in two weeks, we'll point. have another podcast. Yeah, we'll tell honestly. you guys about the movie yeah. generators. <laughs> like, seriously, the speed stuff is moving. Like, literally next year this time, it's going to be a little wacky. It's going to be crazy. Oh, man. But I'm not, I'm not actually that worried about it because the goal of all this is for people to better express themselves, right? That's really all it is. Right. The world is not a better place when you make it harder for somebody to, like, make cool art. Right. Right? It's better when somebody can just be like, I have a cool idea about a story about this wizard who rides a dragon. And the dragon is made out of Legos. You know, it's like, well, that's going to be impossible to ever make a movie about that. But if I can just do it with AI and be mm -hmm. done with it, because I'm just some guy that has an idea and I don't want to sit there and spend 10 years of my life learning how to do this in CG. Like, heck yeah. Now suddenly everybody gets to make art. Everybody gets to tell stories. Yeah. The thing is, human beings are are inherently work. We, we inherently make things harder for ourselves. Not not that we do it out of uh, any sort of desire for, for pain, but what we do is all this time, we'll come up with a tool and then we'll go, oh, that works really well at doing that. And now because we have this tool, we can do these three other things. And now, but then we run into a problem with those three other things. And then we're like, okay, let's come up with these three more tools. And then we, and then we go, okay, now we can do nine things. Now yeah. we can do 27 things. That's, that's just what we do. So if, if we have these and you can prompt a movie script into a generating system and then have that come up with something on the other side, we'll just come up with another problem after that. Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah. We're always yeah, raising so the true. bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was arguing with somebody on Reddit who they're trying to be like, SpaceX hasn't done anything of value. It's like, guys, landing a rocket. Oh yeah. It's a yeah, pretty it's a pretty man. big technical not pretty big. Let's be not like, not yeah. a rocket. No yeah. sarcasm here. That is a uh, an achievement of mankind, straight up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is an achievement of mankind. It's like walking on the moon, it's like launching the first satellite into space. Being able to land a rocket is an achievement of mankind. Yep. If you disagree with that, you're just you're not in reality. Get out of your narrative. <laughs> you haven't heard Elon Musk did a Twitter and now he's bad. But he did, <laughs> in, he in did like, the bad Twitter. In yeah. like five years, people are gonna be like, so what they landed a rocket? Why aren't they landing all of them? <laughs> you know it's like we get so dialed in to like our current settings where it's like yeah so what why why can't your rocket land all the rockets land yeah why can't your rocket also dance that you know? same person who was like mm, spacex hasn't done anything is probably like <laughs> shitting their pants when they first landed that rocket yeah like, probably i it's, mean yeah it's totally group think i always think about like phones too like you know some people sit around not everybody but some people sit around they go like oh, i just I want the best, I want the best phone, but it's so expensive. Why can't they lower the price? And it's like five years ago, the world's richest man couldn't even have the phone that you have. Yeah. Like, it's so true. <laughs> it just yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. And like, and now you're like, oh, it's too slow. It's like your phone literally is the pinnacle of technology from like four years ago. Yeah. Nothing I can't else. 3D scan any object I want into an image and then use it in a software program. <laughs> this doesn't have LiDAR. 
It's like, so our standards are always shifting. Yeah. So like AI is going to come out and we're all going to be able to generate cool images. And somebody's be like, yo, why isn't, why isn't your image 8K? Why isn't your yeah. image moving? Why isn't, you know, it's like, and that's just how people are. Like you said, we always make yeah. it harder for ourselves. We're always, yeah. we're striving for the next thing. It's not actually totally. a bad thing to always be striving. That's, so that's, inherent, that's inherent yeah. to our but, nature. I mean, that's how we, yeah. we're curious creatures. And as soon as we figure something out, we, we want to apply it to the next problem or yeah. come up with the next creative implementation of it. That's just, that's how we are. I, yeah. I remember I was using uh, Runway ML just last week mm-hmm. on a shot. And I had, to, I had to click on three frames to get a good map, okay? <laughs> And I was not a happy camper. And I caught myself. I was like, what? Dude, this has been taking me hours. What am I doing? Chill out, dude. What the yeah, hell? Like a year ago, this is a by-hand operation. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, man. It's crazy. It's exciting, so, though. It's genuinely exciting. Once the models are... I mean, I'm going to say this literally every time. Well, once this comes, then I'm going to be really happy. But when the model thing come out, I mean, that's... Well, you know, Midjourney has incredible. a new version of coming out, which is using stable diffusion under the hood. Mm. Also, it's on their own model using their own data set that they've been using for Midjourney. Plus, it has a new version of Clip. Mm. So it's going to be another step up. So, you know, I just spent a bunch of time. I just spent a bunch of time getting stable diffusion and running on our computers here locally at Corridor. It's really not that hard, surprisingly. Um, I'm like, I'm going to put all this time into it. I'm going to get it up and running. Then people in the studio can use this as a tool. It's going to be really great. We're going to be able to do so much with it. I'm sure in two weeks, Midjourney is going to come out with an update that just like shames stable diffusion. Mm. And we're like, well, I guess let's all get on mid-journey again. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to shell those $30 a month. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's funny, though. Yeah, there's like there's different ways of looking at it where it's like, oh, man, now I got to learn this thing again instead of th- this whole new door just opened to possibility. Whereas mm-hmm. like a generalist as myself, like I'm not an expert in any particular thing, but all these insane advancements have made it so that I can make like good quality stuff very quickly by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's awesome. Like everything that comes out that's like the next iteration or faster or smoother like i can sit here and go i wasted all that time learning how to do it this way well no because i did that so in that moment i could enjoy making it but now it's even easier for me and and it's just like i think it's an approach like a mental approach to to these things that are coming out where it's, it should be an exciting thing and I we think should this be is a good thing for us like i think, I think it's this a great is thing. A hu- huge thing because what it's going to allow us to do is make narrative faster mm-hmm and to tell iterative stories faster. Yeah. Because it's a tool. At the end of the day, it's, that's all it is. It's just a tool. Yeah. Like, it's not replacing anybody. It's just a tool. CG was just a tool. And the model makers could go train how to use the CG tools. Mm-hmm. And they can still all the artistry, all the knowledge they have about the details, about how to build models. And you have to build in 3D still when you're doing it on a computer. It all transfers over. It's just a tool. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Like, why do we learn 3D animation? Why do we learn After Effects? Why do we learn Nuke? It's like, it's because we're just trying to make images. If if you can do it better and quicker, it's not about using Nuke. It's about just getting your image quicker. Using yeah. the tool for the job. Yeah. I remember I learned that after a long time of forcing it in one program. Yeah. And once you realize you use the tool for the job, things get so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. yeah. People, but you don't want to learn things sometimes. You're like, oh, I don't have to go out and relearn this, but it's really never quite as hard as you think it is. Yeah. You just have to be able to set aside like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is people never have the two weeks yeah, to do yeah. it. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all kind of, you know, like with anything, when you get to a certain threshold of knowledge, the people who are creating it or the other programs that are similar aren't that much different from the other ones in terms of there's basic functions that are going to be applicable there's basic stylistic mm-hmm. techniques that are going to be applicable across all of them. 
It's very true. Yeah, that, that's the way in Houdini because you, you're essentially moving data. It's the only program I've ever used that works like that. But once you understand how this software is interpreting data, you realize that every single program under the hood is doing that, mm -hmm. but it's covering it from you to make it more user-friendly. But when you understand what it's looking for, even when you don't have access to all the data directly, it's so much easier to find solutions. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like, you know, throw, throwing paint at a canvas, like every single software that you're doing, as long as it's in the same dome of visual effects, like there's going to be overlap between mm -hmm. softwares. And eventually the whole canvas will be hopefully be, be painted if you know, you, so, you do that in all the different softwares. So I think it's just worth mentioning, like we've been talking about this AI, like stable diffusion, if you haven't seen it, if you have seen like Mid Journey or Dolly 2, it generates an image based on your prompt, but it's managing to do so in a very cohesive way. Or if you type an astronaut riding on a horse, you're not getting a horse with an astronaut head. You're not getting a horse and an astronaut separate from each other. You're getting a horse with an astronaut riding on that horse. An astronaut has one head, has two arms, two legs, horse has four legs and one head and a tail. Like it's cohesive. Uh, that cohesiveness has been so hard to get in the images up yeah. to this point. And mm -hmm. the other thing they did, so Dolly 2 always felt like stock footage because that's kind of what it was trained on. I mean, we don't know for sure. But one of the things they did do with Stable Diffusion is before they trained it, they rated the images on their artistic quality. So you have a program here that is smart enough to be like, and this is really just the data that I was given, going, okay, these images are pretty, these images aren't. So when I generate an image, lean towards pretty. And pretty is arbitrary, but at the same time, it's not actually that arbitrary. <laughs> uh, you just have enough people rate it. And you're like, okay, well, these images are objectively pretty because I've re-rated it that way. So if you're going to generate an image, try to lean over there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you just are, we're now in a situation where you just get very coherent, good images. Not everyone's perfect, but you can spit out a hundred of them and find the one that looks right. So for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, basically just imagine being able to type in anything you want. Without too much detail, you can't get super, super specific. Keep it, you know, a little general. And then imagine seeing that image in a style that you've defined, whether it's black and white, you know, 35 millimeter film, or it's an Unreal Engine 5 screenshot, or a Miyazaki frame, right, from a Miyazaki movie. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. So I have another question or another direction to go in here. I'm trying to remember what it was. Ah. <sighs> I mean, while you're while you're thinking, I will say for those of you out there who haven't seen it, there's a video uh, online of someone taking their UV from their photo scan and painting out the roof of the building because they didn't like it or didn't like capture it well. And they ran that through like this AI image generation to iterate different roof types. Mm. And then that yeah. spit out a UV map just with the hole filled in with a new roof type. And they were able to throw it on the model instantly. Like that use case is genius. And like oh. there's so many use cases like that. That reminds me. So. That would be Photoshop up to this point, right? Mm -hmm, totally. Up to this point, if you want to put a hole in the thing, you got to use Photoshop. That content to wear fill. Yeah. So why? <laughs> I'm not ragging. I'm not ragging on Adobe here. It's not. A, it's not a crap on Adobe session. Uh oh. Uh oh. But it's more as a legitimate question. <laughs> why didn't Adobe get here first? Why isn't Google here first? Mm -hmm. Why is there not a major company that has this tool? Like I'm generating art mm -hmm. at my fingertips from words. Why is the number one media company, Adobe, you know, or media software company, why, why are they not the ones making this tool right now? How is a multi-billion dollar company just not the one that's yeah. making this happen? Why is that? Is there not risk. money in it? Too much of a risk. risk? What risk but I mean, involved? if you think about Facebook or Meta, you know, spending all that it? money on the Metaverse. Yeah. That's How much did they risk. lose? 
How much did they lose? <laughs> oh, oh man, how yeah. much did Beta I, lose? <laughs> like that's a that's a humongous risk. But this this the reward of this seems inherent. Of like, oh, you can generate whatever image you want. Yeah. Why 2. is two point eight billion? No. <laughs> two point eight billion. When, when was that last year? It's too large. No, this is from, this, is from have... this week. <laughs> Look, it's Dang. too this much. Week, I, I think there's Mer- too much of a hierarchy involved in those bigger corporations, and it's really hard to push forward avant-garde new ideas into a mainstream program that's mm-hmm. used hmm. all across the board. Like, yeah, why? What? It was like, sweet, why, like, why is Dolly 2's image using Dolly? Like for the stop it thing, it was like I literally highlighted <laughs> the bop it, and I said. Stop it! And then put <laughs> perfectly. Stop awesome. it on yep. the bottom with the right colors, the, the right, right perspective. Color. I highlighted the the face, and I was like, "Make the kids screaming!" And it was like, <laughs> and now they're screaming. If yeah, that, that could be in Photoshop. Yeah, that why is that in Photoshop? Photoshop years ago? Yeah, but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know that it would be that hard of a process to just because they add plugins all the time. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard of a process. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard of a process for a multi billion dollar company to do. Yeah, I have a theory. Mm. My theory, so. A lot of this stuff is open source. Not every single thing is open source, but a lot of it is open source. In fact, generally speaking, Dolly 2, Stable Diffusion, like even probably a lot of most of MidJourney, all the code is there for you to download and do your thing. The only thing that's not always there for you are the models. The part where somebody takes 4,000 GPUs and 5 billion images and then has the GPUs crunch on those images for the next, you know, two months, that part that file they don't always share that file yeah (laughs) you know but you can make your own you can gather gpus and you can make your own models if you have the time for it so in a way like it's almost impossible to close this it's almost impossible to put a lid on that box and be like nobody comes in except for the people i want because yeah sure maybe you have a nice model that you trained but all the code all Mm -hmm. the knowledge that you built your algorithm on everybody has that knowledge everybody has that algorithm and a lot of this stuff is open source. Where I don't know if you're necessarily allowed to package it up, but I have a feeling that you're not allowed to just grab a bunch of people's open source software and then throw it behind a monthly subscription like Adobe would, you know? But if you're providing the platform, we, like we were talking about this with Dolly 2. Yeah. Why they monetize and why um, yep. Stable Diffusion doesn't. So Dolly 2 isn't monetizing you to use Dolly 2. Mm-hmm. Dolly 2 is monetizing you to use their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the source code for Dolly 2, you can go on GitHub and download it. You can put it on your own computer. They don't have the model available. They actually have another model that's like a little bit like trained on less parameters. So it's like not quite as good. You can download that one. Um, but you can go and get the code and you can run it on your own system. It's just that it's just that when you use their website and you have their GPUs make an image for you, they're gonna charge you like a penny a picture to cover their costs for, you know, running all the electricity and the GPUs and all that kind of stuff, all that infrastructure. So that's what they're charging you for. But you are under no obligation to pay them when you use Dolly 2 if you run it on your own hardware. And that's why Stable Diffusion, you're running it on your own hardware. Mm-hmm. But how are you accessing the model? So they just straight up went, you know what? Here's the model. But they, you don't need to use <laughs> any of their hardware to generate the no, images. No, it's on your computer system. I, I will say this is a very, there's some, maybe it's not perfectly analogous, but there's some analogy here to uh, web browsers. That it, it Like Google Chrome. Mm-hmm. They, they don't own the, the search results that you know you're getting when you use google chrome mm-hmm. but they did create an efficient way to sell scour the internet oh, no. sell your data <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah sell those search results yeah <laughs> yeah um so i don't know if that uh, that seems analogous here like somebody yeah. could come along and package it in a 
more efficient way. You could, but I don't think you'd be allowed. So I don't know what the license is for because there's so much open source stuff that's, you know, it's standing on the shoulders of giants, right? You have stable diffusion, but below that is a stack of like a thousand other projects that are incorporated into this project, right? You need somebody's code that they wrote for like image viewing. You need clip. You need to use somebody else's code for image manipulation. You need to use somebody else's code for, you know, building your neural network. You need to use somebody else's code for your uprising GAN. You know, it's like you're using other people's code to finally make your code happen. So I don't know how far you can get with then going, I'm going to package all up and it's mine and sell it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, no, you can't do that. Cause you're actually using that person's code and using that person's code and using that person's code and using that person's code, which well, if, if it's open source, I mean, this is one of those weird areas of law. Yeah. It's licenses, right? It's like weird open well, source licenses. Well, if it's truly open source and it's like, Hey, do whatever you want. Then you know if if there, if there's some kind of open source license, license inherently means it's not t- totally yeah, this is, open. This is source. all this is all open source license in the sense that like you can use it, but you can't sell it. You can use it, but you can't use it for harm. You can yeah. take my code, you can repurpose it however you want, but you're not allowed to just take my code, make it a .exe and sell it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. Yeah, in there, yeah. Where it's like the knowledge is free, the code is free, do whatever you want, but you're not allowed to then just take my code and put like a fancy graphical interface on it and then sell it as a pr- program. Mm-hmm. Like that's my code still. Like there mm-hmm. is that stuff that's a lot of that's in here. But looking yeah. back at Google and Facebook and Adobe, there's another thing, which is how big do you think like an engineering team is on Google or Adobe? It's like 10 people, five people, maybe 15 people. Like you have a group of people that are working on like one or two problems. In the open source world, you have thousands mm-hmm. of people working on thousands of problems and you can be the biggest company in the world, but your team of 15 data scientists are just not going to be able to keep up with literally the rest of the world on the internet doing things. Mm-hmm. Cause you look at style diffusion, there's thousands of contributions from so many different people to get us to where we are. Not a thousand people, not a thousand people made st- uh, stable diffusion. This is style diffusion earlier. You know, stable diffusion was only made by a certain team. But all the rest of the things that it's standing on, like the stable diffusion team didn't make the data set. The stable diffusion team didn't make the GANs. The stable diffusion team didn't make all the neural network training plugins. You know, like they just made the le- one last little algorithm that sits in the very top of all mm. that, you know? All right. You ready for the, the, the big question, the hard hitting question of oh, all shoot. this then, Nico? Yeah. If you can't package the software and sell it, what gives you the right to package the images generated? That's a, I was actually going to ask you that question since you're, you know, mm. since you're a lawyer, because <laughs> big thing that you see in all these prompts now is that people put artists names on them to get mm. the style of that artist in them, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, puffy, puffy blue clouds in a picturesque field in the style of Miyazaki and boop, it gives you an image that looks like a Miyazaki image. So at what point does Miyazaki go like, Hey, you clearly <laughs> used my images with my name in your data set. Mm. Like there are copyrighted yeah. images in that data set. There have to be. Yeah. Right. You know, and he's yeah. like, no, no, you know, how, how does that work? How far can you get with that? Like, Oh, so like copywriting an image in that you can't use my image to draw and teach your AI. Yeah. Or yeah, even just like, yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's like, I can put this in a data set. I can learn to draw like Miyazaki and draw an image like Miyazaki mm-hmm. and he can't say anything. He can go right. stick it so up. His, it, it would come you know. down to like a, <laughs> the thing is the law's way behind on this. Yeah. So oh, yeah. so but so, but it will evolve to a point, and the tools that the law has currently would be to come to some sort of understanding of like substantially 
basically this idea of substantially created, substantially influenced by such that somebody would mistake it for the work of the artist. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a, a great point about the lobbying behind too, because I just don't know how they would catch up with how fast it's moving. Like you can barely stay up to date on what is possible. Yeah. Well, the Let law alone always, the enacting law always law. runs behind human oh, action. Yeah. But I somehow, it, I feel like that's on a curve now. Like it's going to be further and further behind total speculation, but you're right. Yeah. Like at what point are we just lost? Are we just lawless? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is pretty lawless stuff right here. Yeah. Already there. Like hearing very lawless. Hearing Jake's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like hearing Congress grill, you know, tech giants and using the wrong terminology (laughs) and like, it just, you realize, Oh no, we're, we're in the wild west here. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Which is maybe a reminder of like, okay, I'm I'm dipping my toe into politics, and I'm just gonna pull it right back out. So I apologize, but it's maybe a reminder that at the end of the day, it's like we have to be masters of our own fate. Regardless, you cannot wait for daddy, daddy, daddy government, daddy whatever, daddy boss, CEO. You cannot wait for any daddies, yeah, or mommies, more like grandmas, or or more like grandpas (laughs) or grandmas. If we're talking politics, you can't wait for them to tell you if it's okay or wrong, or you know, it's like you need to make that call. But you also need to be an upstanding person who makes a good call. Don't just do a shitty thing because you. Well, this is the yeah. That's the inherent crux of a uh, of the republic that we're in. It yeah. it requires it. Jefferson, they all acknowledge this. It you have to. It only works if people are moral mm-hmm. to one another. It, it doesn't work if people just do like you were saying. I'm going to do this, and and who cares the consequences? Or you know, or I'm only going to do this when somebody tells me it's okay. Both yeah. of those things. Have yeah, I will own... do this until someone tells me it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's a good question. Um but, you know, like you got to you got to also have a certain level of sophistication to be able to get to the point that we're talking about as well in order yeah. to know understand how to apply these tools in a manner that would garner viewership of them in the first place too. So, yeah. it's not like every you know, nefarious a-hole who wants to just do bad is going to spend time figuring this out because it's work. And you have to love it. And it yep. requires constructive morality and discipline to get to that point. Yep. So. Also, honestly, like, if you can generate generate icky images in AI, you might be like, whoa. I mean, let's, look, I'm just going to say it. Let's say, you're, let's say you're a pedophile and you want to generate child porn. I'm just, look, we're all thinking this. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Dance around the issue last time. I'm just going to say it. This is the thing that everybody thinks about. Child porn, right? Ugh, oh frick my yeah. headphones turned off <laughs> <laughs> they're shutting you down they're like nope don't use that yeah. sound like that out of context please <laughs> That's the okay feds. but seriously let's say you're a pedophile and you're like oh my god i can use this to generate child porn Ugh. let's say you do it it's going to happen and you're like wow there it is and then you do it again you're like okay there it is and you're like okay that's it now what mm. you just did it that's it like I mean, that's where now we're always able to thrown in right jail. Now. now, now you get thrown in jail. That's what <laughs> happens there, next. I but can't sh- imagine they would. You? <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Well, because why? I'm actually curious. Well, actually, because technically it's Are we saved. going there? Yeah, well, I guess right. we're going there. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's child porn or anything else. Like, should you go to jail for just simply generating an image? Because it's technically a victimless crime. Right? Do you, can you go to jail well, that's for where drawing? Moral laws but is come it, in, you know? is it, I don't know, man. But isn't it a conglomeration I, of other images, though? 
in a yeah, way. So it is kinda. kind of like thousands of victims kind of just smushed together. Yeah, that, that is very true. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. But it's like, you, yeah. can't, you can't send somebody to jail for drawing a picture, right? Yeah, but I don't know. In the it's context, like, though, I mean, it's there's disgusting. lots of victims. Just, just real quick. It's <laughs> disgusting. Lots. It's yeah, gross. Yeah. Obviously, you shouldn't fucking Obviously. do it. But you can't send somebody to jail for drawing a picture. But I, like, I guess to your, to your point, know, there, too. I don't know, but this the, is one of those things where then we need to make a decision as a society yeah. and say, well, maybe we should make an exception for that. Mm. I mean, that is a, dis- we, that we is a discussion worth wrong. having. But in the, I mean, in the collection of images that it's sourcing inside of this black box, mm-hmm. I mean, there shouldn't be any child nudity anyway so what you're generating is just a small adult which theoretically is actually what would happen yeah i haven't obviously i have not tried to do this but (laughs) (laughs) but the point i was making is like we talk about this big day where like what happens once you can do that it's like well cool what happens three days later after that's happened Mm -hmm. what happens once you can do it and then you can generate your five thousand variations of it and you're like okay great i have five thousand ai images it's Mm -hmm. like what happens a year after that? What happens two years after that? Because mm-hmm. we just thought that was a big deal and we just blew through it. And now where are we? Right. Yeah, like right. we're generating, we're generating hundreds of cool concept art images here in our studio right now. And it's like, wow, I can do so much with this. And like in a few days, heck in a few weeks or months, we'll be like, um, okay. So we have like thousands of these really cool images and now it's not a big deal anymore. And no one cares, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're moving on to the next thing. What do we do with this? Like, yeah. it's one of those weird things where it's like, you feel like, you feel like real life works in these like chapters when in reality it's just a continuous flow mm-hmm. and it flows past and mm-hmm. just keeps flowing. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know. There are consequences though to like anything that manifests itself. And if, and if you're talking about the child porn thing, then, yeah. you know, even though, you know, you could say victimless crime or whatever you, whatever you want to say about it. The thing is, is that it, it, it if you're putting those out there then now they're out there, and and yeah. you don't know you don't know who's on the other side and who's the next person who's going to see that or the next person who's going to get an idea because of that and all of those inspired to and, bring it into the real world right yeah. and all all of the manifestations that can result from that it's yeah you know yeah yeah which i think is this is where we t- talked about like the whole like law thing like cuz the law doesn't lead like you said Jake it reacts yeah mm-hmm. right so we're quickly entering this this new territory where we got to figure this shit out. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's not going to be the same old, you can't just apply, like you can't really apply case law. You can kind of like, apply case law like to it, can. but at the same time, it's like, like we're entering very new territory at the same time. And it's very much a wild. Well, what West. we need to start doing is we need to start using AI to combat AI problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really the only way to do this. feels like it. Um, and, and I don't know. AI. You know, I, I don't know who. I, certainly, the government's not going to be the most competent party to like step no. in and go. We'll come up with the competent AI tools. <laughs> now, what's AI? <laughs> yeah, in like twenty years, they're going to be like, these, we finally found how to regulate Dolly One. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. We finally did it. <laughs> you, 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 you got okay, to. There, there, like there are new problems that are going to result, whether it's indecent imagery you know, uh, other things like messing with economics, you know, things like that. Yeah. The law side of it. There's all those potential issues. The the only, I, in my opinion, I, I don't know any other way to solve it than to, to come up with an, uh, other AI tools mm-hmm. that can identify and react to the misuse, abuse, and wrongdoing of people through the tool. I don't yeah. know how, I don't know what else you do. I mean, if we're if we're basically entering a point in society where you can get raw generation of your ideas 
and it doesn't take anybody else to generate it, we're going to enter a point where we have to start talking about what ideas are we cool with and what ideas are we not cool with and how do you react accordingly outside just saying like, don't talk to me if I don't like your idea, mm-hmm. right? We have we're, that. I mean, we kind of have that, we, we but have it's like that in terms of law, like a moral law code, right? Kind of a lot child porn laws. Yeah, you know? kind of. Yeah, there's obviously laws. Bad. There's obviously laws against that. I mean, there's a lot of ways we yeah. do that, though. So, for example, you know, there's ways. First way people do it is if it's a product and people don't like it, people don't buy it. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Yeah. Um, if if sometimes we use sometimes we're able to use the legal system to come up with additional laws for things like that. Um, other times, you know, we use mob justice, mm-hmm. all kinds yep. of different ways, cancel, cancel this, cancel that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are doing that. Um, and that'll, I think inherently take its course, uh, though there may be, but I, I think you're, I think what you're getting at Nico, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're getting at is the tools we currently have may be falling short. <laughs> I think it's more so that when you can just when you can do something like this and such a paradigm shift in how you say generate imagery and it's going to be more than imagery right it's not just yeah. pictures soon it's going to be yeah. 3D models it's going to be movies it's going to be videos it's going to be audio it's going to be books it's going to be video games like literally media right it's experiences it's the simula- it's the simulations of our real life it's like when you get to the point where you don't have to hire technicians and artists to build it and it becomes a resource-free, instant, real-time, just make your dreams a reality at the snap of your fingers kind of thing. It's going to make us go back to the drawing board a little bit. Not, not a little bit, a lot of bit. And like when I say the drawing board, I mean like the primal drawing board, the very base of everything. You know, it's not a law on top of a stack of laws. It's like, okay, we got to cut way back to the bottom now mm. and like start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Gosh. Like like my op- the optimism that I have for humans always exists of like we'll find a way out not to be doom and gloom because that's not <laughs> what i'm going for here but it you know with with global warming the way that it's going that's one issue but this feels like something that can get so far away from you that you just you got yeah. you're just gonna find out when you get there what the consequences are yeah nobody has any idea and we don't know how severe yeah. they are we don't know how how positive consequential. Or yeah positive or negative yeah. like it is it's a wild ride i mean <laughs> it's something it's but, definitely going to be a hold on yeah. to your seats and yeah. see where it goes. It's like, I know I'm bringing up some pretty like far out there subjects right now. And it's like, it's really just for the thought experiment mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's like, if you can generate any image you want, I mean, we're, that's look, we're human beings. It's going to f- happen. Yeah. Like right. anything, anything that we currently do is going to happen through AI tools. No mm-hmm. doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's messed up. And yeah. But also, it's not all bad. It's not all good. It's just, it's going to shift very fast. But I just remember, like, we were watching all these uh, Ray uh, Kurzweil videos back when we were writing Sync back in the day. He's yeah. talking about the singularity. And the singularity is the point as, at which change happens so rapidly that all of our predictions and planning and being able to rely on history break apart. Because the singularity is a reference to the black hole singularity where laws of physics break apart. It wasn't like, oh, once we hit the singularity, things will be different. It's no, once you hit the singularity, you can't make predictions anymore. Just like you can't make predictions in physics when you're in a singularity. Wow. Yeah. I think well, we hit the singularity. Chaos. You, you yeah. think we hit it? I think we hit it. I think we hit it about 10 years ago. I think no, we, we just didn't even, we weren't, we're, we're yeah. just as we behind no as idea, the lawmakers. <laughs> it started with social media, you know? 
this is the social media was the beginning of the singularity yeah. wow. and it's just been it start, well it started with the phones really you know it started with smartphones and it's just been going faster and faster yeah. ever there's since. a there's a story about this it's called the tower of babel mm. Mm. babel i always and, thought it was babel uh, yeah also known as ba- babel. <laughs> babel the babel. artist formerly known it's, as it's, babel is this babel. like is this like the babe tower it's babylon <laughs> that will do humanity that will do it refers to <laughs> it refers to babylon Okay. Babylon. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I so, guess I never connected those dots. Yeah. The Tower of Babel yeah. is in Babylon. Who'd yeah, have thought? Babel, yes. Babel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. if you remember what happened after that, there was a lot of people died. That's what happened after no, that. T- tell us, actually, yeah, no. Yeah. Tell us the story. Is, tell us the story. This is probably our good like, outro to the podcast. But tell us the actual story. Well, I believe the flood came after that. I thought the Tower of Babel... My understanding of the Tower of Babel mythology is that um, they were trying to build a tower up to the heavens, and yeah. God then made them all speak different languages so they couldn't understand each other, hence uh, speaking, like, or Babel, um, as yes. if you couldn't, like, you know, it's gibberish. The Bible's origin story for languages. This is where languages came from. Yeah. God made everybody not be able to communicate each other with each other because they're building a tower that's too big. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they're getting close. So he scrambled I guess, the language. Scene. I guess because they couldn't understand each other, it fell over or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't actually yes. know what happened. I mean, they that. just couldn't keep yes. building it. Yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't communicate with each other. Yeah. So they couldn't continue to build it. And that's, I mean, look at, Look at where we were. It was like we're building. We're going to build a perfect society. It's nineteen. I mean, this is this is going to this is going to put me out on the limb here. I'm just making an analogy. Okay, this is right. But if you look at the analogy, we're building a perfect society to heaven. We're building a stairway to heaven. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to get better and better and better. But where are we building away from? We're building away from the earth, our mother. Totally. This mm-hmm. is all in the analogy. We're, we build away from the thing that created us, the thing that's that it. makes us who we are and cares for us and keeps us. And we build away from it thinking that we're going to a better place. And then God comes along and is like, actually, no, you're wrong. And then we all fall down and then we start over again. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the analogy. Um, and I think a little bit of that, some of that analogy is applicable here. I'm just going to think all yeah. of it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think the whole thing, it's just how, how fast are we going to collapse? <laughs> well, that's, I'm, that's... I'm like not trying to be pessimistic. It's like going to happen. Like, no, yeah. I mean, not trying to be pessimistic, but it's going to happen. No, I mean, it's, like, it's actually, I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, you but you look at the rise the and fall that, of civilization yeah. throughout the course totally. of human history. And this is a common exactly. and cyclical way that we do it you know mm-hmm. we the roman empire lasted what like a thousand years so you yeah think and, the it, fall, like, and the fall lasted yeah. another 500 yeah and and like year 800 imagine like we our country's been around for like a couple hundred we're like yeah we're, we're like, like, like 250 this, in, this yeah. is 250. like the, this yeah. epoch's gonna last forever man like <laughs> we're just gonna keep going up and up until we're fucking all just floating and you know just in one consciousness no yeah no dude like, <laughs> well, you see it in the stock market too—the crashes, right? The yeah. the charts are just reflections of emotion. Yeah. At the end of the day, and that shows the human, like how, how humans <laughs> kind of work, right? Like, yeah. you got this wicked ride. Everyone's riding high, and then just, oh man, we just drop off the cliff. It's like, like nothing really changed from yesterday to today, yeah. outside of people's opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, it's something I saw for the past however many years in politics—the the massive divide that was created—and it starts to feel like 
on both sides, it's now a different language, which is a parallel yeah. to, to Babel yeah. or Babel or whatever you want to say. Well, it's so, easy to, boy, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to live in your own reality these days and your own narrative. Yeah. yeah. Because totally. everybody just absorbs the own, the world they want from the sources they want, which is driven by on the made up world of the internet, which yeah. is driven by the news that you get is driven by AI yeah, yeah. algorithm. Like totally. To that's a great parallel. Jay. Let's nice be real. Job. Let's be real. Remember, AI is just a tool. People are just doing it to themselves. Everybody just fair, wants. Fair, fair. Everybody just wants what they want. They want the narratives they want, and they're going to consume the stuff. That Look, I'm, I'm now going to go out on a limb and say this. I'm, I was on Instagram. My feed popped up, and there's this really jack dude, and I was like, "Dang, that dude's jack!" So I click on it. I'm like, "Oh shoot!" I go back to my feed for three days. It's only jack dudes, <laughs> and I'm like, "What is going on, man?" Every dude. time I watch a new YouTube channel, every time, <laughs> every time, it's like, "Yo, I watched one of those videos." Like, I don't want to see. Every video that that person has ever done now <laughs> yeah, for legit. the rest of my life. So the algorithm is kind of to blame <laughs> a yeah. little bit. Here, I'll, I'll take us out with a little story here from a book called Steel Beach. Um, it's a great book, great sci-fi book. If you like sci-fi, you should read it. So in Steel Beach, mankind lives on the moon, specifically in the moon, in tunnels on the moon, because obviously the surface of the moon has no air. Uh, something happened on Earth and people don't go back there. <laughs> We're all on the moon now. Um in society on the moon is run by the central computer, which is a just a central moon computer. And the computer has conversations with everybody. It's like Siri, right? But obviously like way more able to converse because it's the future. And when, for example, there's like a trial, the moon just has a conversation with every single person about what they think. And then it masses that all together and makes a decision. In other words, it's just like AI now. It gets a sampling from every single person. It listens to all the conversations amalgamates it all and then puts out a result so partway through this book the moon kills half the people or the computer kills half the people on the moon and it just goes and main character's trying to figure out why but basically what it comes down to is if the computer is talking to everybody all the time us as imperfect beings have corrupted the computer to a point where it has a existential crisis and it goes like yeah this is this is debauchery this is nobody has purpose anymore Nobody struggles. There's no reason for us to live. So bye. Boom. It just kills Thanos millions snap, of people. Baby. Yep. So just an interesting thing to think about <laughs> as we wrap up this podcast. What a <laughs> yeah. yeah. How it do might we not instill happen in your lifetime though? So hey, <laughs> thumbs up. How do we not. instill grace inside of the AI? <laughs> yes. And how do we instill grace inside of ourselves <laughs> so that when the AI yes. learns from us, which it's doing, yep. it's also graceful. That right? is true. Very well said. Truth. Very, yeah. very truth. Very truth. Okay, Jake, play us a cool right. song. Play us right, a happy song, Jake. Yeah. I need yeah. to hang something gonna, positive. I think I'm going to play Stairway to Heaven right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sing it in different languages. <laughs> Christian slow fade to white. <laughs> Got the Terminator battle scene clips <laughs> slowly fading across the screen. I mean, we could generate some, you know, apocalyptic imagery, and oh, yeah. cut to Obama giving Donald Trump a kiss on his forehead. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, let's be positive. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Babies holding hands. Yeah. Praising the sun.
Thanks for watching, everybody. Beautiful.